I'm all about building communities, celebrating unique journeys, and sharing stories about the paths people have taken to enter the tech industry. Join me as we explore the skills my guests have learned in their prior jobs, schooling, or life experiences, and how they apply them to their current roles in tech. My guest today is a former educator who now works as an education evangelist at GitLab. After teaching English for 11 years in Florida and South Korea, he made the transition into tech in May of 2021 after teaching himself to code with Code Academy and some friends turned mentors during the summer and fall of the pandemic. He's a passionate public speaker and has spoken at a Microsoft conference as well as hosted several meetups and other events representing GitLab. You can catch him on Twitch, building a website about poetry, or building his next pop star-based Twitter bot, which I can't wait to talk about. <laughs> Scott Hanselman, C-Sharp 101 video. Nice. Love it. Great. And I watch it, and I'm like writing stuff down, and then I watch the next one, and I watch the whole 15-video series, Aww. and like a week later, I'm like, hey, are there more videos? He goes, what? I was like, yeah, I watched all those videos. I want more. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, and this is We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. His name is PJ Metz. PJ, welcome to We Belong Here. I'm so excited to have you. It's exciting to be on a show called We Belong Here because it automatically starts out with like, no, man, you're right where you're supposed to be. Be <sighs> excited and take up space. And it's 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 comforting in a way. 100%. So a great title. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy to hear that that resonates with you. I believe it so truly and deeply. This tech industry is ours for the making and it is fun to meet folks that also agree and are like, you know, making waves. <laughs> I don't know about waves, but I definitely agree. <laughs> well, okay, well, let's let's start back at the beginning. Go back in time. Could you maybe tell me more about the experiences that you had before you entered the tech industry? Yeah, so to be honest, the idea of even entering the tech industry didn't even come into my head until mm -hmm. May of 2020. So there are, you know, 10 years of teaching before that. And, you know, of course, before that, being in school and trying to figure out what I wanted. Sure. I, I kind of, I went to University of Florida in Gainesville. And when I first got there, I was sure I was going to be a marine biologist. And oh. I picked zoology as my major. And I was going to go to like grad school eventually and learn mm -hmm. how to like, I don't know, ride dolphins and whatever. Um, I, cer I certainly <laughs> had no idea what marine biology actually involved. I thought I was going to get to like, you know, go to the ocean and pick up like sea stars and be like, yes, this one's definitely a sea star. And then like, I found a new stuff. species. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Let's put him back and, and watch him from afar. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I too took a marine biology course in college and yeah, took one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. turned out science is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not really well prepared for college. It always feels like bragging to say, but it's not. High school mm -hmm. was just kind of really easy. I didn't sure. have to put a lot of effort in. Stuff just made sense. There were lots of opportunities to get grades. And so when I got to college and they were like, your grade is three tests in a project. Yeah. And the tests are 10 questions each. <laughs> I floundered and almost mm -hmm. failed out really quickly. Mm -hmm. So I'm um, at UF. I fail out of the major. I go undecided. A year later, sure. they're like, you have to pick something. So they're <laughs> like, you can do anthropology or history. That's what you're kind of accidentally on track for. Okay. And I was like, anthropology, I guess, which I regret as a decision. But <laughs> I hated it. I, I was taking like two anthropology courses and I hated going, but I was oh, taking no. a literature course that I loved. Okay. And 
So I was coming from a class where we were just talking about like American literature, uh, post-Civil War. Okay. We had just read Maggie, A Girl, The Streets by Crane, Stephen Crane, yeah. who also wrote Red Badge of Courage. And I remember thinking that's such a cool book. I didn't know there were such neat books out there. Right. And I loved talking about it. And I always had something to say in those classes. So I was like, I wish I could just get paid to like read and talk about books as I was <laughs> on my way to this anthropology course that I hated. And I literally like stopped in my tracks and I was like, oh my God, I could be a teacher. I could. (laughs) (laughs) So I skipped the anthropology class that day. I went to the Mm -hmm. College of Education and I said, what does it take to become a high school teacher? And they said, you should do this grad school program. You just get a bachelor's and whatever you want to teach and you apply to what's called ProTeach at University of Florida. Okay. So I did that. Now that I had like a more clear direction... I was taking classes that I liked. No one else wants to take metaphysical poetry in the 17th century, but I loved it. But you're and, like, I'm thriving. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my God, we get to read like long poems where dudes talk about apples, but they're not really talking about apples. No, no, no. I was like, I'm in. This is weird and I like it. Oh, I love it. So I start, yeah, thriving. I, I start thriving and I know where I'm headed and what I'm doing and that direction gave me the drive I needed to get into grad school, get Mm -hmm. out of grad school. And I started teaching in Brevard County over in Melbourne, Florida, which is on the East coast of this amazing state. Yes. I I should say, I also live in South Florida. So we are, we are Florida folk in this conversation. (laughs) Yes. It's hot. Actually, as we're recording this, the temperatures have dipped under the eighties for the first time. I don't know how you're doing down there in SoFla, but. Uh, Yeah. I I went for a swim in the ocean this morning because I was like, dang, it's gorgeous out. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually nice weather. I rode my bike this morning. I was like, this is fantastic. Oh my gosh. Look at us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So. If I can just jump in really quickly on this storyline. So I have really similar, actually, you know, I I did sociology, not anthropology, but then did my master's pretty immediately after, um, after knowing that I wanted to become a teacher, but I was going the elementary ed route. And after that grad school program ended, I really struggled to find a job. How did you find your, like, how was, how was that for you after your program? And then kind of how'd you end up at that Melbourne school? It's interesting. So I moved to Melbourne because that's where my girlfriend lived. She had graduated the year before. She was working at an engineering company out there. And after I graduated, I was like, well, I guess that's where I'm going. And so I went there and started applying to schools and could not get a teaching job until November. Oh my gosh. Okay. So So you're into the school year and got it. Okay. I was bartending. Got it. I, I met a great group of people out there in Melbourne, um, people that I'm still friends with today. Love it. Different girlfriend, well, wife now, but I, you know, that <laughs> that didn't work out. But what it brought me to was really cool. Right. So, the journey, right? Like, let's celebrate that. Absolutely. It's two roads diverged in a yellow wood and one's the next girlfriend. <laughs> No, I love that. No, I, yeah, I ended up finding a job at a high school. Exactly. Like it just, mm. yeah, it all ends up being, I don't know. I'm grateful for the twists and turns along the way. Yeah. Um, and it, it was, it was weird at first when like, you know, all of my friends who were engineers working for this company wanted to mm-hmm. go out, but I was bartending at the time. And so right. they were like, what if we go to PJ's beachside bar? And I was like, right. well, it's not mine. But yeah, come through and I'll, I'll make you guys daiquiris. And it was yeah, like, I'll definitely be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm around and we have good quesadillas, but I yeah. can't play. Yep. So yeah, yeah. it was hard. I only got in because I got a temporary job for yeah. a teacher who got sick. Okay. 
Sure. So she had taken off That's the rest of the semester and my girlfriend at the time had actually, she was looking over the message boards too, because mm-hmm. I'm bartending and I come home and I'm like, all right, let me look and see what Brevard County Schools has open. And right. I gave my resume to like every high school in town and no one bit. I was like, mm-hmm. it was disheartening. Um, but I get in the school. I was teaching English one and like English three honors. Okay. Oh, fun classes. Love it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. As the semester's wrapping up, they're like, okay, hey, this teacher is coming back. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, but we'd like to offer you another position. Yes. Yes. And they were like, you're going to keep the English one classes and you're going to teach these other classes uh, called AVID, which is achievement via individual determination, helping like middle of the road kids find success in more challenging classes. Oh, I think those are so important. And is, is, um, English one is that ninth grade, like high yep. school, right? Okay. Yep. Okay. So this, uh, gosh, we should probably put like a spoiler, um, you know, just like up at the beginning, this is going to be like a deep, I don't know. I was a ninth grade English teacher. I could just like, we could talk for hours about this, but I promise folks we will get to tech. <laughs> yeah. We will get to tech. I promise we will. <laughs> but yeah, I just like, what was your summer reading? No, no, no. I, um, gosh, I, yeah, I, uh, so, but you, you, you were in the industry for a while. Like, tell me, you know, did you, what was that like? How, what kept you there for 10 years? I or 11. Did I, yeah. Did I just, yeah. Let me think. 2009 is when I started teaching, okay. like November of t- 2009. Yeah, sure. And I quit in March of 2020. So yeah. just under 11 years. Wow. Um, wow. So I, I love teaching. Yeah. I love being in front of students. I love mm-hmm. the excitement that comes from showing them something that they didn't realize was possible. And seeing them sort of try it on their own. I was lucky that I was able to build these little communities of Mm. where discipline ends up not being a problem by like October because the kids trust me and like me and they know that I'm not like nitpicky about like little things and I just want them to engage. That's all I care about really. Yeah. Yeah. And you're supportive and they respect you and, and there's that like trust relationship there. Oh, I love it. Exactly. It was, it was fantastic. The huge downside is that, my base salary was like, you know, $40,000 a year. Yeah. And yeah. I remember my hard. first salary, my, it was 27,000, my offer for my first teaching role. And I was stoked. I mean, I was through the moon. I was so, yeah. so, so excited. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was what 2012. And it was just like, it, and I said yes to everything. I mean, they threw everything onto me. It was like, not only are you going to be teaching five sections, you're coaching volleyball. Never played a uh, day in my life, uh, but like you're leading all the trips. You're doing, you know, like, I was so young, but like hungry and excited, but that leads to burnout. But yeah, <laughs> was, exactly. Yeah. we we'll never change it, but yeah. So it's, you know, you get a little stuck. I lived in Melbourne for four years, then moved Got to it. Orlando to be with okay. a new girlfriend in Orlando, I ended up teaching at the high school that I went to. And oh, wow. It's a, it's a private high school here in Orlando. And it it was great. I loved it. Yeah. I, I, I'm not necessarily, it's a Catholic school and I'm not necessarily Catholic anymore. Mm. But I was, there's a lot of freedom in a private school that you don't have in a public school. Yeah. Which sounds contradictory, but like we don't have to worry about state testing. We don't exactly. have to worry about end of year exams that are mandated by some politician like seven hours away. So it was great. I loved it. I end up, my wife and I end up moving to Korea to teach English there for a year and a half because we 
thought it'd be fun and it was great. How wonderful. Is she also a teacher too? She teaches special ed wow. for elementary school and she's done a bunch of things within that realm of special ed, emotional disabilities, uh, ASD, Gosh. which is autism spectrum disorder, yeah. self-contained, uh, push in, push out, just a ton of special ed stuff. She's amazing at behavior and I can't be sure that she's not manipulating my behavior Mm -hmm. day to day with how intelligent she is we can only know yeah we'll know I love it (laughs) but I just I love teaching when we came back from Korea I kept teaching and it wasn't until the pandemic where and now I'm finally getting the tech I promise no no no. we (laughs) we said we would but okay so so gosh yeah we're in schools are shut down like what Mm -hmm. yeah Gosh. The, it's kind of interesting when we got to that point it's march of 2020 yeah there's been you know a month and a half of talking about what's going on with coronavirus right at the beginning of the week the nba closes the rest of its season yeah by the end of the week the rest of the school year has been canceled and they send us off to spring break and they're like spring break is two weeks long while we figure it out and at the end of that they said we're going fully virtual so it was a big adjustment for a lot of people i had it way easier i we were already using online tools and i was using them to their fullest capability anyway so it was Mm -hmm. not a big adjustment for me so again i'm really fortunate that like all i had to do was make like lecture videos yeah post those where the kids could see post tons of reminders and emails and messages on what we used, what was called Schoology. Yeah. Oh yeah. We used it too. Yeah. LMS man. Learning management systems are fun. Totally. So, so you had already sort of flipped your classroom in a way. So that wasn't the transit. Your students kind of felt ready for it too, I bet. And I mean, it's a huge adjustment, but like, okay. I, yeah. So the the only thing that was hard was, you know, the students have that mental adjustment, but for me, Sure. It was easier because I wasn't lecturing five times a day. You could do it once. I did it once. And then I sat at my computer and waited to see if messages and questions came in. Sure. Sure. And, you know, it was easier. <laughs> and I felt bad about it, too. There was a lot of guilt with it. In the sure. middle of that, just like everyone else, I'm doing Zoom uh, happy hours with friends. Uh, I feel so triggered online. hearing that. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a... Uh, <laughs> I actually thought the other day, I was like, I'm kind of sad we stopped doing that, me and my friends, because we also all <laughs> live in all these different cities now. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was a way to like really reconnect. <laughs> yeah. And then so, to, like four hours later, you're like, oh my gosh, we're st- yeah, that what, was fun. It was fun. What happened? It's it's six o'clock at night and I already am hungover. <laughs> yeah, um, I had a full bottle of wine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So we get to that point and I'm on a, one of these Zoom calls with a bunch of friends and a friend of mine who worked for Red Hat was talking about how he kind of felt like he wasn't getting paid enough for his position. Okay. And so we're like, oh, we're sorry to hear that. And he's like, well, you know, how much are you getting underpaid by, man? And he goes, like, X. And that number was higher than my salary. Well, and so let's clarify for listeners. Red Hat is a tech company. Is your friend a developer? Or what sort of role do they have there? He's, he does something with code. I, I can't begin okay. to understand exactly sure. what his role is, but sure. he's he's writing code for his job for sure. But he's definitely in the six figures. And oh, yeah. he, yeah, he's and like hearing him like ask for sympathy almost, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, what? Hold on. You Which, make how to much? Be fair, <laughs> Shifting needs, like, you know, and also if you're being underpaid compared to a colleague for the same job, that sucks. No, no, no. no. matter how much you already make. But for me, yeah. I'm like, 
Let me validate oh my God. that. Yeah. So definitely. I say that out loud on, I go, that's my salary. And I like very dramatically like grabbed a whiskey bottle and pretended to chug it. And I was like, ah, wow, another yeah. friend. And these are all my Melbourne friends. Another friend says, you know, PJ, you could probably work in tech. And I immediately dismissed it. I'm like, sure. no, I can't. I don't know math. Like I almost failed algebra in college There's no way I can do tech. And he goes, well, consider it. And the next day he messages me and he says, listen, I'm in what's called developer relations. Basically what I do is I'm like a type of teacher who helps teach people whatever product my company makes. Yeah. And I think you could do it if you learn to code. And I think you can learn to code. And this is... You definitely have the other skill of connecting with folks, breaking something down into complex or complex things into really consumable pieces. So you have that skill set, which is really hard to find in developers. So it's like, yeah. you know, just, but then it probably felt terrifying to hear the piece of like, but just learn to code because that seems like that's the blocker in your mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, like I can like use Windows better than my mom. But sure. I, I, I don't know anything about I knew zero. You didn't identify as like technically savvy or that wasn't a side hobby of or anything. Not even. Yeah. I can like, I have I like relate. a custom <laughs> Android, but I've never, I don't like jailbreak things. I really sure. don't do much. Got it. I think I, uh, in the sixth grade, I went to a computer camp, but we learned basic <laughs> and oh. I think we like created a ball on the screen that changed colors. Wow. But I mean, most of that camp was spent <laughs> playing StarCraft 2. So like, uh, it doesn't, doesn't count. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Wow. Okay. So did that friend then, you know, provide like say, hey, here's some resources? Like, how yep. did you actually then, first off, like decide, I don't know, start tinkering around with it? And what felt successful about that then? Or like, what was your light bulb moment of like, oh, I should keep going with this? Yeah. So he says, you know, you should give it a shot. He sends me, he's a uh, Xamarin developer okay. by trade. His name's Brandon Minnick. He now works at Microsoft and he's one of the people that's working hard on like the Maui stuff, the .NET Maui. Cool. And he says, here's some resources. Check out this video. He sends me one video and it's the uh, Scott Hanselman C Sharp 101 video. Nice. Love it. Great. And I watch it and I'm like writing stuff down. And then I watch the next one and I watch the whole 15 video series. And like a week later, I'm like, Hey, are there more videos? He goes, what? I was like, yeah, I watched all those videos. I want more. (laughs) I'm hooked. Oh, and like I wrote my first hello world and I started looking up other resources and he and I started meeting about once a week. And this, this really worked out because I was looking at a summer in the first summer of the pandemic where I'm I'm still wiping down groceries at this point. Sure. I had a mask, but I was, you remember when we were like, masks don't protect you, which is still true. Yes. They protect others. Vividly, but you were like, vividly remember those moments of like, well, I have the gloves, but I don't know if I need the mask. Yeah. Just yeah. such unknown times. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going anywhere this summer. If I'm going to be locked in my house all summer, I might, might as, well as well have something to do. Because normally yeah, so I would you get a job. one of the people that spent their pandemic or quarantine productively. I am very envious. I had grand plans. (laughs) I I mean, (laughs) and it's more that like I had, because 
it was productive, but this is not normal for me. <laughs> I need to sure. sort of clarify. I'm not the the go-getter. Like, if you look at me, you wouldn't be like, it seems like PJ has 30 hours in his day and he does everything. <laughs> I just spent this morning, I rode my bike, but I did it to go get, like, biscuits and gravy at a local restaurant. And then I came this home sounds- and I played PS4 for the past two hours. Like, sounds it was nothing delicious. Today. Sounds like a great day. Okay, so, but you were hooked, it sounds like. It sounds like you were excited about what you were learning and suddenly a new, I don't know, a doorway was open for a potential new skill, but maybe even a potential new career. Yeah. And I I started out not really thinking, oh, this will turn into a career. I remember saying to Brandon, he was like, and you can build stuff now. Like I had just learned about, I think, methods in C Sharp and the idea of like having these like large groups of code that does a single thing. And I was like very excited about it. And he's like, so now you can build stuff. And I was like, oh, could I build an app for my students? Is that possible? She was like, you probably could. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where my thought was at the time. I was like, I'm going to be a teacher, but I'll also know how to code. Right, right. And I will create things for my classroom that will my students will benefit from. And that's the motivation there. I get it. I can totally relate to that. Definitely. (laughs) So uh, I keep going. We're meeting once a week. He goes, what do you want to build? And I said, well, I kind of want to build a website because I started on the resource I started using past uh, C Sharp 101 and like Microsoft Learn TV was Codecademy. Yeah. So I started paying for the pro account for Codecademy, um, which is fantastic. You get quizzes, you get like an in-browser IDE that checks your work and all this great stuff. Nice. I loved it. I used it to learn C Sharp, to learn uh, some front end stuff. And using that together, Brandon and I started building a website together called Your New Favorite Poem. And it's just a really simple website uh, that it has a database. So it's kind of exciting that like I made a thing with a database. Absolutely. But it's just unique poets that are that you wouldn't hear of in your English class necessarily. Modern mm-hmm. poets like Ocean Vong, mm-hmm. Mary Oliver. I love that idea. It is just a way to teach yourself the concepts because you're you're interested in the subject matter, but then, wow, I can integrate with a database and I can figure out the design of the front end and also make sure that it's, I don't know, there's just all these different use cases there that are kind of subtly embedded into it and you're finding success with it. That's so fun. It was one of the most exciting things I've ever done because I would build the website, it would work, and then I'd mm-hmm. meet with Brandon and he'd be like, you know we can, and he would find a way to optimize it. Sure. There's a oh, day cool. I turned the entire landing page into a single for each loop, and I was ecstatic. I bet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, those are just like incredible energizing moments of our lives as developers, too, where it feels like I can do anything. Like, I, yeah. don't, I didn't know how to do this yesterday, and I do today. I mm-hmm. am a magician. Like that is, yeah, Uh, it's just so empowering. Yeah. Kept that excitement, kept coding about, about five hours a week. I would work on coding. Okay. In the fall when we actually went back to school. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's fall. Um, Not only am I doing five classes, which was three classes of English four, which is seniors Mm -hmm. and two classes of AP Lang, which is juniors. Wow. So it's my first time teaching AP. Over the summer, I did an AP training for a week while I was learning to code as well. So 
Wow. First time teaching AP. Uh, I'm a little yeah. scared of that because AP kids are intense. You're so intense. Yeah, there's just a lot of pressure there. <laughs> Huge pressure. Like internally, external. they've got it coming and going, those poor kids. Mm-hmm. But loved the kids that I met. Um, was able to expose them to some really cool ideas and stuff they might not have otherwise heard about. We're reading awesome. stuff like Michael Harriet articles. And Michael Harriet writes some amazing stuff for The Root. Mm-hmm. We're reading um, The Myth of the Latin Woman. We're reading oh, awesome. just great stuff that's, you know, we're at a private school, mostly middle to upper class kids, exposing them to some things they might not otherwise see. So yeah, it's exciting beyond. to teach that yeah. class. I love it. Wow. Teaching that, coding about five hours a week or so, and it's also marching band season. So I was the drumline uh, instructor <laughs> as well. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you're busy, busy, busy. You're still finding some bits of time Mm -hmm. in the very little bit of spare time in between grading essays and lesson planning Mm -hmm. uh, to continue building your website. When when does the transition come for you to say, you know what, I'm not going to go back next year. I I want to go all in on this new tech industry, like and make this a full time thing. Yeah, it came around, I think, like October, November. Brandon introduces me to uh, Chloe Condon. Okay, Chloe, love it. Chloe and I start hanging out once a week as well. And we started building these Twitter bots together. Wonderful. Yes, the... um... The like the Shania star. bot? Yeah, the yeah, Britney sh- bots? Yeah, Shania those? bot. Britney bot is, is Chloe. She built that with Azure. But Britney bot, NSYNC bot, Taking Back Sunday bot, Bone Thugs and Harmony bot, Body on a Grande, Hilarious. Mechanical Carrie. And I added a bot to my own personal Twitter account too. And they all just use the same like 80 or so lines of Node.js to either yeah, yeah. do something at, at a specific time or respond to users who tag the bot and ask it for something. Then just anytime I had an idea, I would just make another one. Like I go make another Twitter account. Yeah. Or they respond when you tag them. So like uh, body on a grande, if you tag body on a grande and use the right set of emojis, she replies with thank you next. I love it. Oh my gosh. Hilarious. So those are fun. Like, you know, just kind of projects that you're able to mm-hmm. gain exposure to. What does that look like to go from beginning to end from idea to full execution and seeing right. it then out in the wild on Twitter? Uh, yeah. I love that. What a, what a fun project for you. And so Chloe like says, you know, you could do this for work. And she's like the second person other than Brandon to say that to me. So sure. I started more seriously considering it. Yeah. Um, It's great to have people, though, saying that, though, because that really helps you face like it's just having another person affirming it really addresses all like imposter syndrome, all the feelings of like doubt of like, well, no, but my math or my science. But like, no, look, you're actually building these things. You're finding success with it. And that's that's sort of like that's what I think was missing for me before and what kept me from considering tech as a career before was someone telling me that it's possible. And showing me something simple and letting me take that resource and run with it. Yeah. That's what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's advocacy in its truest form of being a mentor, you know. And I I think it's our duty when we enter the space then to give back and to bring other folks up and to help them. Uh, Yeah. No, I love that. Wow. That is so encouraging. So then, okay, how'd you land GitLab? Tell me about that part. 
So I'm teaching. We get to about uh, December of the school year, and uh-huh. I'm not actively looking for work at all. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to finish out the school well, year. You're but mid next year. year. Yeah, yeah, sure. My boss kind of knew that I was looking. My oh. principal knew, but she's a former colleague who became our principal. And okay, I it. can't say enough good things about her. She's one of the uh-huh. most amazing, intelligent, dedicated people I've ever met. Um, love it. So she was supportive of me. She's like, you know, if you're, if you leave in the middle of the year, you just have to let me know and you'll just have the week. Wow. Uh, she's like, if you tell me on a Monday, you can leave on Friday and we'll fill in and we'll take no. over. You don't have oh my gosh. Wow. Talk and about support from an administrator. Support. Holy yeah. cow. And she's like, look, this year's crazy. And a lot of people are reevaluating a lot of things. And I sure. understand the need for doing what's best for you. Just yeah. You are not alone. Like, yeah. And trying to figure out what's next in that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. What, what empathy though, to be able to yeah. see that and to encourage. Yeah. Love it. So an opportunity kind of came along from a company and I was like, oh, sure. I'll apply. I saw something yeah. on Twitter I applied. Uh, they're like, we'd love to meet with you. So I meet with the person who would be the hiring manager. And they're like, I'm going to recommend you for the rest of these interviews. And I went through the rest of the interview processes. And I end up getting an offer. And mm. I signed it and took it. And that Monday, I put in my two weeks. And at 5 o'clock, when I came home that day, as I was celebrating a new job and uh, this change, the company called or emailed me and rescinded the offer. <gasps> And so I was oh like, gosh. oh no. So it's like, I just found out. I talked to my wife. I'm like, I have to keep my teaching job. So I emailed the principal. I was like, I know it's you late. Just... You won't see this till tomorrow, but I really need to talk to you. Oh my gosh. The next day she's like, hey, I heard what you said. Like, uh, I heard they rescinded it. We'll talk, you know, tomorrow, which would have been like Wednesday. So I go in to talk to her and she's like, PJ, I already filed all the paperwork. It's oh too late. Oh my gosh. We have to, we're, we're going to continue with letting you go. And I, and I looked at her and I was like, oh my God. And she was like, listen, I am sorry, but also knowing you the way I know you, yeah, you're going to be fine. And this is going to give you the time you need to find a thing that's going to really I'm work so, for I you. I mean, like, yes, and, right? Like that is a really terrifying moment of like, I realized that I just quit and that is me saying I don't want to be here. Like I'm ready for something next, but like, holy cow, then to be thrown into the universe without a plan. Wow. F that company. Holy, (laughs) holy. I mean, we should probably address that though, too, that like that rescinding an offer is probably everyone's like worst nightmare too. Like when you get, you know, that you're, when you're negotiating, Oh, they're going to say, Oh, just kidding. We don't want you anymore. Like, I don't know. That is such bad form. And like genuinely, Oh gosh, just like, it's not great. It's also not as common as them following through with it and actually, you know, honoring what they said, but it does happen and it is terrifying. And that was my first, yeah, first experience in the my industry. My first offer, my first experience with a tech company. It was oh, not great. So, wow, that is really, yeah. I mean, that's like trauma because then you're like, is this always, yeah, you like next offer, do you believe it? Yeah. And all those sort of things. Exactly. Who can <sighs> I trust? Wow. So I am, it's now like Wednesday. My okay. last day is in two days. Oh my gosh. I've got, it's, that is also happens to coincide with the end of the third quarter. 
Um, so it's the halfway point for the second semester. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about my seniors because we are, they had just finished rough drafts for a really big uh, research paper that they have to complete. Sure. I'm worried about my AP kids who are two months away from taking one of their first really big AP tests ever. <laughs> my gosh. But I also have to like walk in and teach class kind of normally for the next two days. Yeah. On oh Friday, I, I hand out like Friday. I'm like, okay, we're looking forward to next quarter. Here's what it looks like. This is what's coming up. And then I look at all and I go, and today's my last day. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. There's AP kids crying. There's seniors who like wake up from their nap and they're like, wait, what? What? So it was just kind of like, like it caught so many kids off guard because like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I, I sort of pride myself on my ability to build a community where there's trust, where there's like openness and this is coming out of nowhere. And like, they get two days, and then on Monday, there's some other person making. No, read, I mean, know? yeah, such a double take moment. Like, what do you mean you're not gonna be here? It just doesn't seem <laughs> in the realm of possibility, even. Yeah, you're the teacher. You live here, like that. Like <laughs> when they see me outside of school, they're yeah. like, "What are you doing here?" I'm like, "This is Publix oh my in my neighborhood." Yeah, what do you mean? I'm at the grocery store. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh wow. Okay, so I mean, I don't even know what to ask next. I'm just like stunned. <laughs> I'm the students. I'm in their seat. I'm like, no, (laughs) don't leave us. So like, it's Friday. I go, it's my last day. The saving grace of all of this is that because teachers don't work over the summer, technically I I earn four paychecks over the summer when I work a full school year. I had worked a certain percentage of the year, 75%. So I was entitled to 75% of my summer pay. And that was included in my final paycheck. So there was like some padding there. Okay. Okay. It ends up being about Silver an extra lining. month's pay. All right. So, so you have my that wife month to search. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So my wife mm-hmm. and I, we adjust our budget. We figure it out. I set up a home office really quickly, and sure. I just start meeting people. Brandon and Chloe, my two mentors, were huge in bringing people to me. Mm. I was meeting people who had uh, Chloe and Brandon put out feelers for me and brought me back people. I was meeting with them. I'd say about once I finally got into the swing of things, I was meeting with about three people every two days or so. And I was just putting out applications for everything. Technical writer. I took a technical writer course to be a quote certified technical writer. Hmm, Interesting. I'm like putting out for junior dev front end, back end, anything I can find. I'm on LinkedIn, just clicking like, one click apply just to everything yeah, that everything. even comes close. Casting the net widely. Yeah, just doing my best. And what ended up happening is a recruiter from GitLab reached out and was like, we've got this position that you might like. And it was for education evangelist. And I, I was mean, immediately like, <gasps> "Yes, oh my God. And I say yes. I go through the screening call. I do the interviews. I was the first person to interview and the first person to finish the process. And so there was a lot of like sitting and waiting. Waiting. Yeah. While everyone else is done, you're like, but but I'm ready to know. Yeah. And I, and mind you, I am an educator and I love <laughs> tech and I blend these two things very perfectly. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. When I read the job description, I was like, this yeah. is made. For-. I even said that every interview I was like, it feels like you wrote yeah. a letter to me 
for yeah. the job description. That's really, I, I, my first role in DevRel was a developer educator role and that was the title itself. And I was like, y'all, th- I mean, it has to be me, right? Like, yeah, I don't understand how it couldn't be me. Show me the other <laughs> candidates. No, I, yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. That, but it is a really incredible feeling to be able to, especially when you're applying, applying, applying for roles that you're like, this is a stretch, but maybe I can make it work. Or I've learned a language recently. I can do it again. But then mm-hmm. to find a job that describes you as a candidate, I mean, it feels unreal and so yeah. exciting too. So yeah, I mean, I oh, love it. Of course, I've got my experience with, you know, the offer that was rescinded from before. And I'm like, what if they do that to me too? And so I'm nervous and I'm still applying after the interview (sighs) process. I'm taking on freelance work so I can get an extra couple hundred bucks. I don't know how long I'm going to be unemployed. Insurance runs out at the beginning of April. Like, I'm like, all right, we can do this. My heart is, oh my gosh. It was hard, but... I really, I have to say that like, there's no way I do this without my partner and my wife's yeah. support. Yeah. Uh, she was first off as devastated as I was when the offer was rescinded. Of course. She was as worried as I was yeah. when I suddenly didn't have a job anymore, but she constantly would tell me no matter what happens, we're going to do it together. And oh I was gosh. like, I had to lean on her so much. And of course, it, I feel bad. I feel guilty. But yeah. I, I I really know that that she makes me the best version of myself <laughs> and she helps me be better. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks, honey. <laughs> oh, shout out. I mean, no, absolutely. It sounds like she just, <laughs> yeah, the like true definition of partnership, of support and encouragement. Mm-hmm. And like, you're going to have a moment of self-doubt. I'm right here saying, uh-uh. I believe in you. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it was just, it's, I can't imagine having done that without her. And oh my gosh. So wow. yeah, GitLab gives me an offer. I, I take it. I onboard. And that That's happened incredible. May 3rd was my first day, I think. Wow. Of 2021. Yeah. Of 2021. And my first hello world was May 16th of 2020. Damn. Less than a year. I mean... Yeah, that's dedication, grit. Like the excuse of I don't have time does not apply. Like look at what I mean, yeah, you had no time and yet you made it happen. I I feel <sighs> like but when I look at it, I don't think it's it's fair to, to for me to it's not fair for me to believe that it was my own determination that did it. And mm-hmm. I recently heard someone, Christine Gordon was talking at Codeland yesterday. Yeah. And she said I'm not self-taught. I'm community taught. And everything's on the place for me. And I was like, I'm never saying self-taught again. I am community taught. taught Because a friend I've known for 10 years told me they think I can do it. And he used his connections to connect me with another mentor who told me I can do it. And they pointed me to resources. And they helped me understand. And when I had questions, I had people to go to. Yes. And not everybody has that. No, absolutely. I mean, the community piece is everything. And if you are listening to this and it feels like you are alone in your journey right now, like come to Twitter, find a Slack space. Like we, there's a, I have a discord channel for this podcast. Like we, there are so many people that want to help, but it's just about finding those folks that like the mentor piece and the encouragement of a a space to say, I have a question right now and I have no, I've Googled it. I've gone to Stack Overflow, but I'm still stuck. Like, where do I go from here? And 
to have a place for people to with wide open arms say, okay, let's workshop it. <laughs> yeah. Let's figure and that's, it out. that's one of the most important parts is like, I, uh, I truly believe that there's, there's, it's hard to do things alone, but I don't mean it's difficult when you're alone. I mean, it's hard to ignore the help that's around you mm-hmm. and it's impossible to do things without there being some support from somewhere. Like yeah. even, even uh, it, it's, it's like when you own a business, the road to your business is paved with everyone's tax dollars. Sure. There, there is a sense of community, even when it's not in the front of your mind. Yeah. We create communities and those communities are there to help. And yeah. when you're alone, there is a community that's waiting for you to find them. And that is putting out feelers to try and find you as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a really, really important point. So, okay. So do you, can, I mean, it might be obvious, but, but how do you find that your past as being a teacher helps you today in your role in tech but as a you know, evangelist or an um, educator. Yeah. I mean, the, the name is in the title or the title's in the name, but like. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it feels disingenuous, but I'm literally going to be writing lesson plans in the future right. to teach people how to use mm. DevOps because that's what GitLab's deal. We're the, right. we're the DevOps platform. And what I do as an education evangelist is I'm trying to give free licenses to universities and to students and to researchers to, to use our ultimate version for free so That's what awesome. we have to do is we have to give them like, hey, let's say you're teaching a computer science course. Mm-hmm. Here's a sample lesson plan of what it might look like. Here's a sample curriculum. Yeah, Here are the oh resources you might want. So you're the perfect person to be writing yeah. that. And, and yeah, my, and building those relationships with the schools and the with the instructors and and connecting right. with the students and seeing them successful. Oh my gosh, how fun! And my manager is a former professor as well. So the two of us are like these former educators and we're the education team. It's the two of us. Dreamy. Dreamy. Um, So there's that literal, I'm in education, but the the day-to-day of my job of, you know, writing a bunch of markdown files and editing websites so that we can have a landing page and stuff like that. Sure, sure, sure. A a lot of what my past skills of having to collaborate, because I never taught English one alone. There was always someone else. Mm. of having to be quick and to be improvisational when something goes wrong. I am not really afraid of something going wrong during a presentation. Love because that. Yeah. I've been in front of a bunch of 17-year-olds when everything's <laughs> gone wrong, and I've just had to figure it out. Oh, and they are just not as, you know, there's something about like um, a presentation or at a tech conference and the audience feels as though, you know, we're all kind of rooting for the person that's doing the live coding or the demo at that moment. Yes. Um, high schoolers aren't or not always. They're you know, looking like, for a chance to like yeah, film you doing something embarrassing. To roast you. Yeah. Or, just to get you. <laughs> you're like, why does it suddenly smell like mangoes in here? And why is there smoke in the back of my classroom? Oh my What's that oh about? Gosh. The chaos. The chaos. Oh, I miss it. It's so fun when you think of it from that way. But oh, it's that's so, But listen, like telling a kid, like, what's in your sleeve? And they're like, nothing is the, I'm like, come <sighs> on, man. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, gosh. Hilarious. I'm fortunate that I still have a lot of those relationships. I actually got to keep tutoring a former student. Great. Uh, they were oh, getting good. ready so for still, the AP yeah. test. And the mom was like, Hey, can I just like hire you to come over once a week and yes. help them get ready for the AP test? I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I mean, those relationships, I mean, it's again, back to community, right? The power of that, the importance of it. It's what 
keeps us, I don't know, we're humans. And that is the very, very crucial piece to it all. And that's, that's the other connection. Like I, I said it earlier, I built these little communities of trust and engagement and I know how to be engaging for people who are at their core, a little yes. disinterested. Mm-hmm. So if I can continue uh. to be engaging here, like I, for Codeland, I got accepted to Codeland 2021. Love it that. literally premiered yesterday as we're recording this. And I, thank you. I opened my presentation with a skit <laughs> and like, when I look at other presentations, a lot of times it's record, go, ship. And I was like, well, I kind of want to be weird and I want to like do something that's a little different and I want to create some engagement whenever I can. So I'm like, I'm Absolutely. opening with a skit. I'm yep. adding sound effects. I'm like treating it like a, what it is, a video experience. A performance, um, like looking for that opportunity to engage in a unique way. Yeah. Performance is so important to me and yeah. taking the opportunity to do it. Uh, like I edit all of my videos. I take multiple takes on lines in my videos Yeah, and then I edit okay. it. And I feel like it, it right now it feels like that's, what's making me different. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to hold on to that because I'm 36 and I'm not going to be different for very long. <laughs> Let me have my moment. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's jump into some rapid fire questions. No problem. Okay. What's the, your favorite app on your phone? Oh my gosh. Uh, what do I use all the time? Honestly, TikTok right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't create as much, but I do a lot of like scrolling. I was in yeah. berries and cream TikTok pretty deep for a while. <laughs> I love it. Uh, favorite tech stack. I really like writing with node. That's it. Yeah. I love it. It feels simple. I love it. Um, How do you start your day? Like coffee, tea? What's your morning routine kind of thing? Coffee or an energy drink. I'm addicted to Mountain Dew Kickstart Pineapple Orange Mango, and I am begging (laughs) them to send me free stuff every day. You on Twitter. I love it. That's uh, let's. uh, Well, we will help in that. The community (laughs) will shout it out. Uh, What would you say your style of learning is? I like to read it. Yeah. And I like to hold it. I've been known to print out documents to hold it in my hand to read it. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, once an English teacher, well, yeah. <laughs> always. If you could go back and tell yourself some bit of wisdom, when would you pick? What would you say? Uh, you're you're way smarter than you think you are, and don't downplay that in mm. front of others. Mm. Gosh, yeah, sure. What are you What are you excited to learn next? I really need to get into like Go because a lot of GitLab, the deep stuff on GitLab is written in Go, and so okay. I really need to get into that pretty soon. So it'll be some good like on the job opportunity learning kind of thing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That feels like a safe place to, you know, explore it then too. And Exactly. Like yeah, the documentation is fantastic on how it works with GitLab. So like I can Very just dive cool. into that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I love that. Uh, what's a good book you've read recently? I'm currently reading 100 Years of Solitude for the first time and oh. leading oh, a book club, book club for it for Hispanic Heritage Month with the um, Latinx uh, group at GitLab. Oh my gosh, great. Uh, that's so fun. Uh, yeah, I'm that's so that, oh, it's a great one. Oh, I love it. Um, and of course, like anything that you've spoken about, I'll, I'll include links and whatnot in the show notes. Yeah. Um, okay, so advice, those that are wanting to transition into tech, you know, what would you say other than, you know, look, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's you have to know that you're going to fail and let yourself down at some point. Because if you go into it knowing mm. that it's not this perfect straight line of success, that there's going to be a time where you fall and it feels like you've set yourself way back. If you know that's coming, it's a little less surprising. Hmm. That's that's my advice to everybody is you're going to mess up at some point from, yeah. from the job standpoint and the technical standpoint. 
be aware of that so it doesn't surprise you when it happens. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to soften the blow when it first happens, I oh, suppose. God, but other than, no, I guess you know it's going to happen. Does it feel better? Like, does that help? I hope so. Um, you, but you knowing that we'll survive like, it. Yes, you'll survive it. Like, it's it's going to hurt. Yeah. It's going to suck. And you need to let it hurt. You need to let it suck for a bit. Yeah. And then stand up and and get back to it when you're ready. As as. Because you're never done until you don't stand up again. Yeah, oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, that's incredible, like life lesson to have and to experience. We all have to, in a way, really go through that, though. And it's a part of the journey. It's a part of this industry, and it's mm-hmm. kind of the exciting thing is there's always opportunities to fail, which means there's always opportunities to be learning. <laughs> that's right. Gosh, that that's was kind of cheesy, correct. but that's true because. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what people don't like about learning is that they're afraid of failing. And they think mm-hmm. that if they fail or if they don't get it immediately, then it's not for them. Like, yeah. think about how many people our age, like, when they fail something once, they're like, oh, I can't do it. And they just give up. Yeah, right. Instead of being like, oh, I failed. That's so interesting. Let's explore what Why happened there. Fail? Yeah. Because it's so not interesting when you get something perfectly correct the first time at it, right? Like that is just, yeah. I don't know. That's not an interesting story. That means you story, already know anyway. how to do it. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool for you. Uh, wow. Well, no, this has been such a joy. Make your shout out, PJ. What are resources or anything? What would you like listeners to go check out? Honestly, for people, if you're looking to learn how to code or to learn a new language, I really can't recommend Codecademy enough. They do not sponsor me. I gave them all my money. Uh, (laughs) Well, not all of it, but 40 bucks a month. And it was a great learning experience for me. I really liked it. If you're interested in learning more about like uh, education stuff, specifically like DevOps education, please hit me up on Twitter. I'm Metzen Around, M-E-T-Z-I-N, Around. (laughs) Pretty much that's where you can find me everywhere. Twitter, Twitch. I think even Instagram, just reach out to me. And especially on Twitter, I'm trying to be more and more active on Twitter and be a part of this great community because I was welcomed into this community with open arms. And now I need to turn around and throw that hand down the ladder to help more people up. I mean, it's a really fun thing that we get to do, right? And oh and God, you and I, amazing, w- right? I think we met just earlier this week on a Twitter space, right? And it's, yeah. so it's just like, it's so fun to be able to then build these relationships. And I don't know, I just think, yeah, we're really lucky that it is uh, such a fun space to be in. Or just fun is a, like it's, almost trite word. It's like just exciting <laughs> and lovely and wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's. It's a great community and it's it's just it's just amazing. Like I'm so blessed and fortunate to to be a part of this and I and I want very much to to keep providing the opportunity that I was given for as many right. other people as possible. Yeah, that's our duty. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, this has been wonderful. Um I will of course include links to your Twitter, Mets and around great handle by the way. I really love that. Um, <laughs> I got lucky. <laughs> I can't believe it wasn't taken. Oh gosh. Um, but thank you again for sharing your advice, your wisdom, your candor, and your story with the audience. We so, so appreciate it. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Lauren. You're fantastic. And I hope we get to talk more sometime. Oh, I'm sure we'll be at conferences or something together at some point. So it'll be fun. Heck yeah. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap on today's episode. I'm Lauren Lee. Thank you for listening to We Belong Here. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, find me on Twitter at Lolo Coding. That's L-O-L-O-C-O-D-I-N-G. Shoot me an email or leave a comment on the We Belong Here website. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please subscribe and review the show on your podcast player of choice. And be sure to check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.